Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined this week uh, by Derek. What's up, Derek? How are you? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, you, sorry, I was, I was, I'm a little thrown <laughs> off because uh, you have an injury today. We, well, we. So tell me what happened. I do. So, just for a little behind the scenes for the listeners, um, we sync up our audio with a clap over our Zoom calls, mm-hmm. and I had to scream real loud, real quick. That's why I saw is thrown off. Um, I fell down the stairs at work last night. <laughs> oh my goodness! How did that happen? So it was raining last night. It was. It was raining here too. And it was the craziest thing part was I was wearing my non-slips, oh. so like there's no way this should have happened. Right. So. Check this. <laughs> Months ago, uh-huh. I made a I made a side comment, and I was like, "We might want to put some grip tape on those stairs. <laughs> yeah. They're gonna get a little slippery yeah. when it starts to rain." Uh-huh. And they were like, "Yeah, great, mm-hmm. nothing." Mm-hmm. Last night, and we don't have anybody trip, nothing at all. Last night, I take the trash out. I'm walking back in, lock the back door. Mm-hmm. I'm about to take a step, and it's honestly, truthfully, it felt like I stepped on a banana, like a cartoon banana peel. <laughs> I just all of a sudden was like horizontal, and my brain went, well, this isn't good. And then I landed <laughs> on my back on the stairs, broke my phone in half. Oh, my goodness. And just slid down and knocked my head and, like, hurt my hand pretty bad. So that's why I screamed is because when we sync clapped, I forgot my hand was hurt. <laughs> right. Dude, that that is that is insane. Uh, I'm sa- I'm sad you took such a spill at work. I've you know what's funny is I've I've slipped a few times uh, on stairs, like going downstairs. Mm-hmm. I've never actually fallen like all the way down. You know what I mean? Like, I've never actually yeah. like I'll slip and then kind of catch myself on the handrail. Like oh my god, um, sure. And that's what happened. Uh-huh. But I didn't catch myself fast enough, mm-hmm. and I slid downstairs on my spine for a little mm-hmm. bit. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, again. I'm just kind of seeing how today goes, and maybe, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go bartender, maybe I won't, because like I was saying before we started recording, it's the swelling's gone down, but the soreness is going up. So now I'm a little like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make that happen, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I am truly sorry that you hurt yourself. Um, I will not, re- oh, I okay. will not ask you to, uh, to clap anymore. As we're doing this, please not today, <laughs> and uh, no more today. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll just we'll just talk about some fun stuff, and then we'll keep it pushing. How about that? I love it. I love it. Um, no hand injuries, please. <laughs> right. Um, so we're here today to talk about um, to catch up on one of the things that we did not get a chance to review on during the podcast hiatus. We're here to talk about um, Spider-Man: No Way Home, um, the most recent entry into the Spider-Man film franchise. However, we do have some cool things to get to up front before that. And then also, uh, as we start off with uh, every episode, Derek just kind of basically told us what's going on in his week. Um, <laughs> and I guess in my week, uh, I went to Chicago uh, this past week. You did. And why were you in Chicago? Yeah, we didn't put out an episode because I was traveling. Um, but last week I was in Chicago for a, an improv or excuse me, a comedy festival at which uh, my, one of my improv teams performed some improv comedy. Oh, very cool. Yeah, no, it was cool, man. I had never been to Chicago before. Um, oh, Chicago's a great town. It, it I is. Love it. I really loved the people there. The people there were really cool. The people are awesome. Yeah. I love native Chicago. Yeah. Like, they're so good. It's a, My sister lives there. Oh, that's awesome. I, w- I wish I'd have known yeah, how to. I'll I haven't been able to see her yet, but um, I've, and the thing is, I, I, must, I must clarify, I've only been once. Mm-hmm. And when I was on the plane leaving, mm-hmm. I was very bummed out and I didn't want to leave. Yeah. Like, it's very much one of those, like, I felt like when I when I was there, I was like, this is very much my kind of city. Yeah. I, I kept saying over and over to uh, the guys on my improv team that I was with, I was like, like, I could live here if it was not mm-hmm. this cold. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it was, it's spring right now and it was 40 degrees every day. Yeah. It was Spring's very, 40 degrees. Very cold. See, me... I'm a white walker, yeah. so I like the cold. I'm like out there shirtless. On our honeymoon, when we rented the cabin outside in the woods um, up in Portland, uh-huh. in the snow, mm-hmm. there's a photo of me in like 20 degree weather in the morning, no sho- no like in my joggers, no shoes, no shirt, just with a cup of coffee, just like outside, like yes. 
I could not handle it. Like there were people like walking around in shorts, and I'm like, I, I saw do your not Instagram understand. feed with shorts. Thirty degrees is too cold for shorts. I don't get me wrong. I like to be cold. Cold is my natural setting. That's that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it was way way. Thirty too degrees cold. is too <laughs> yeah. no. You put pants on that man. Yeah. Like the cops should go and put pants on that man because he's a danger to himself and, and other I, people. And I know he could afford pants because, uh, because he had a very expensive coat on. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, he had brand gear, so it's like it's not like he can't afford. He, he chose violence. Um, <laughs> he chose to freeze his calves off. Yeah. So uh, Chicago was cool. Um, cool. I I I didn't get to eat the deep dish pizza place that I wanted to go to, but I did have some good deep dish pizza. But you did. Um, okay. And then uh, I did try like some Chicago. Uh, like a Chicago beef sandwich, like a sliced beef sandwich. That was yeah. really good. Italian beef. Italian beef, yeah. And then um, yeah. and I also did a, a, a Chicago hot dog, which was very good. Of course, you have to. Um, Got to get a Chicago dog. Yeah, Chicago. Uh, everything, Chicago. Was, everything was really good, man. I, I really enjoyed Chicago. Uh, the people were really nice. Uh, it, it it feels like a um, Chicago's like the perfect blend of like the big city, but you also get like the sort of Midwestern pace. Yeah, it's you that Midwestern I mean? hospitality, mm-hmm. that Northern Midwestern hospitality. Yes. It's very specific. Yeah. It's a very specific type of hospitality mm-hmm. from like Midwest and then Southern. But it's, yeah, I agree with you. It, there is a sort of small town feel in the middle of skyscrapers. Yes. Plus everybody's just also just very no nonsense, which I appreciate right. greatly right. because they just tell you what they're thinking. And I'm <laughs> right. just like, thank God, this is great. Yeah. I love this place. <laughs> Yeah, no, Chicago Chicago was was great, man. I um I went to the Art Institute uh and that was really mm-hmm. cool. Got to see a lot of cool art and whatnot and it was a lot yeah. of fun, man. I, I had a really good time. I, I wanna go back. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um for sure. Cool. Yeah, I need to go back. I need to go see my sister, but yeah. like more than that, AJ's never been and um, I'm like, We need to go. Yeah, I wanna go during the summertime. I bet it's really nice. Oh. Yeah. It's I went I actually went when I went it was early October. Okay. And it was wonderful. Oh, okay. Like, you get some of those colder nights, you know, Uh so you can kind of bundle up and go out in, like, city life, you know? But during the day, it's warm enough to where you're kind of running around in shorts if you want to. Okay, cool. You know? Yeah, Yeah, it's nice. Sounds like that's when I need to go. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, Okay, cool. Uh, Let's get into... um, Oh, someone is running down the hallway. All right. Um, I always take note of when people are running in public. <laughs> of course. It's one of those. So I had a, this is years ago yeah. when I was at work. I had some some out-of-stater out of come in and they were like talking about how they were afraid. They were in for work and they were talking about how they were afraid that there was going to be an earthquake uh-huh. while they were in town. And I was like, oh, you don't need to worry about that. And she was like, oh, no, I really do. I was like, no, 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 you don't need to worry about that. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. If I start running, that's when you start running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like when the local natives, like the stadies come, when, you, when we panic, that's when, if we start panicking, then you should probably be panicking double because we're panicking and that means that, and we have survival skills for this sort of thing, mm-hmm. which you do not. Yeah. Like, it's like locals in, when I lived in Missouri, it's like if you see clouds come real quick and all the locals like leave the field, mm-hmm. go inside because mm-hmm. a tornado's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's a, that's pretty sound advice no matter where you are, I think. <laughs> If the locals panic, start panicking. Yeah, when, when in Rome. Um, when in Rome. I'm sorry. What? Um, what is that? I've never heard that yeah, phrase I'm sorry, before. I've never, I've never heard that. <laughs> it's a good one though. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, so I guess we can start by. Um, I think there was a uh, another addendum. I think that's the right word to um, to the episode from last week where we talked about the Batman. Did you? Since that episode, they have released a deleted scene from the movie. Yes. Um, featuring a, a, a character uh, who I think is not cre- is not credited as the Joker, but is credited as like inmate num- Arkham inmate number one or yeah. something like that, uh, and it's Barry Keegan's Joker, mm-hmm. um, and it's a scene between uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman and Joker in prison. They're talking through like uh, the the telephone thing, and uh, what did you think of this scene? Uh, we we both watched it. I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, what was I, your take? I, it was. Uh, I, I can't can't avoid it. Yeah. It's like it's all over. It's everywhere. It's it's annoying. Yeah. There are two things that are happening in the world right now. Apparently, and it's Joker, and then what happened at the Oscars right, last right. night. We'll get to that. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. There's more things that are going on. Like maybe I don't know, some geopolitical problems. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we should probably pay attention to mm-hmm. more. Um, but no, I having said that, 
I liked the scene. Yeah. It didn't fit in the movie. Of course. I'm yeah. glad they didn't do it. I felt that Batman going to Joker for help weakens Batman as a detective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it ultimately, it disservices the character of Robert Pattinson's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, if you leave the scene in there as an aside and as a standalone, mm-hmm. it's a great scene. Yep. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. Me, me too. Also, why are they giving the Joker a file with paper clips on it? <laughs> yeah. That is a bad idea. That is a bad, that's a bad decision. That is a bad idea. Batman gives him a file with paper clips on it. Gets the file back and then leaves. And then whatever happens, happens. Like, Joker's going to murder someone with a paperclip. Yeah. Like, yep. he'll escape Arkham with a paperclip. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. You do not give this man tools. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like this scene. Yeah. I like this scene a lot, too. Um, first first and foremost, I love the character design. I think it's mm-hmm. great. Um, I think it's it's an yeah. original take. It feels, it feels different than the other ones. Um, I agree. It's... It's fresh mm-hmm. in a way that feels like it still pays homage to all the Jokers that have come before, but it decides to do something inherently new with with the character design, mm-hmm. and I thought that was great. Yeah, I think it's great. I think uh, I think Barry Keegan's performance is really good. I think it's um, it's subdued in ways that it needs to be subdued, and then when it mm-hmm. when he needs to crack and kind of show that he's you know insane, I think he does that well without going too like cartoony with it which i liked yes mm-hmm. exactly uh yeah i was worried that it was gonna be too like clown prince of crime and not <laughs> right. like you know <laughs> batman right like like i think it, it, what, what's cool about this joker and and i think is, is is a testament to what's cool i think about this movie in general is i think mm-hmm. um this this character right here is probably not the joker yet um it, it no. looks to me that like Whatever he was up to, he was up to, and Batman stopped him. Like it looks like he was thrown in Arkham like immediately after whatever oh, yeah. the acid whatever happened to him, and so mm-hmm. he hasn't necessarily become the Joker yet. But he, but he obviously is on his way. <laughs> yes, uh, with the la- the laugh is great. I like the fact that it wasn't an overt an overt kind of like joker laugh it was kind of it was it was it was cartoony but it was cartoony in a way that i felt worked for the setting and the set and sort of the characters and what they're trying to do with that and i like the choice um i did so in the in in um what's uh joaquin phoenix's joker performance and Mm -hmm. i forget the director of that movie directed oh it was um um it wasn't david ayer was it no he directed the hangover oh um Yes, Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips. I I liked that performance, and I even liked the 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 idea that like his laugh was like a um like a some kind of like disability he had. Yeah, like a nervous tick. Yes, I like though. Yeah. I like this take of the Joker. It's it's more of a traditional take where like I really enjoyed the writing of the scene because the Joker <laughs>, laughs when he finds something funny, and I think mm-hmm. that's important because I think. It's really easy to just have the Joker be kind of like a caricature of a person and just kind of like who just laughs, who just all laughs the time. for no reason. Um, I think in this, all of his laughs seem very motivated, uh, and and I liked that. I like that attention to detail in, in well, both the it, writing and the performance. Le- oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to step oh, on no, you. you there. I, I apologize. Um, uh, well, what did we talk about about the Batman last time? What does it do? It instills fear. Mm-hmm. If the Joker is laughing at something that he finds funny, you should be scared. Oh, right. That's what I like about Matt Reeves' universe is that this Joker is set up to be more of the gangster, not the Jared Leto-style gangster, but the more of the, like, this is an insane man who, like, runs a gang and they're all dressed like him and they all take their cues from him and he's a knife-wielding maniac yes. with a meth mouth like yes. who's a, who's also happens to be a super intellect like individual who's psych, who's like having a psychotic break. Yes. So like when he finds something funny, you should be scared. Everything that yes. these characters do, everything that they do, Matt Reeves does it based out of fear. Batman's trying to mm-hmm. cause and instill fear. Joker instills fear when he laughs. Riddler, I'm trying to f- figure out like what his fear trigger is. But everybody in that movie is motivated or is motivated vo- by or communicates through fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally. Um yeah, I I think hit uh, I almost said Hitler. I think Riddler um, <laughs> that changes uh, the movie. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah, uh, I think Riddler's motivation is, is is more so about getting everyone. 
it's kind of it's kind of paralleled to me honestly to the Joker from the Dark Knight where like mm-hmm. his his motivation is more about um his mo- his motivation is about getting everyone to see the corruption in Gotham as hopeless yeah. as he does. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh and it's yeah. more about and and he uses fear as a tool to like coerce people into into seeing that. So the, it, he right. it is a part of his tool uh, uh uh his tool belt as, as well, no pun intended. Um <laughs> Uh, with his shark spray yeah <laughs> shark repellent spray yeah i think you're right though i like that this joker is a criminal like you can tell like he thinks like a criminal and that's why batman goes to him in this scene because this this joker understands how criminals and crazy people think and yeah, i like he's that. not a psychopath first right a lot of people play the psychopathy first and then they do the joker second and that's what i like about it he's doing the joker first and then the psychopathy yeah. second i'm like that's the yeah. smartest he, way to play a it. a criminal who loses his mind rather than a normal person who loses their mind and becomes a criminal exactly yeah i like that version of it um yeah i think it looks great um I, there have been mentions of like potentially in doing like an arkham series for hbo max mm-hmm. which i think would be fantastic That'd be great. Um, if Matt Reeves was involved and, and this Joker is, is part of it, like I think there could be a really cool like um like peacemaker length uh Arkham yep. series. I think that would be really good. Like eight to that ten episodes, awesome. nothing more than that. Uh, we don't need any more. <laughs> right. And and that's kind of where I'm thinking like we should just stay with these kinds mm-hmm. of TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. No more than ten episodes. Yep. That's it. Like we don't need more than that. And that way, but get the budget of a twenty four episode. Yep season so that you can double down and make it look pretty (laughs) yeah i totally agree i think that would be a great uh a great show Uh, you could even set it like there's so much leeway you could set it before the batman like when when joker first Mm -hmm. gets to arkham and kind of do that there's so much you could do with that story oh yeah you could even take it farther back when arkham back when arkham was built Mm -hmm. and do the line yeah and do it like where why arkham was built like and you know it's it's batman's mom's family Mm -hmm. in this universe so <clears throat> there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do. Yeah, I I, I love it. Uh, I thought the I thought the clip was great. Um I'm glad they shot it. I know they didn't mm-hmm. they probably didn't need to, but I I'm glad they shot this yeah. and, and put it out. It, it doesn't matter. Even if you know you're not gonna use that scene in the movie, right. you still shoot that For scene. Sure. You know you have him there in the makeup, just shoot the scene. <laughs> just do it, dude. Like yeah. Pattinson's there, he wants to do it. Like sure. everybody yeah. wants to see it done. Like everybody on set wants to see the see the moment. Mm-hmm. So just give him a treat. Yep. No, I, I, yeah, I was total. I'm totally on board. Um, okay, let's get into some trailers. Oh, real quick, oh, sorry, before sorry, we transition away from the Batman, I had a, I needed to extend an apology. Yeah, I was listening back on the episode, and it made it sound like I thought that anybody that liked Ben Affleck's Batman didn't know what actual Batman was mm-hmm. and was kind of an idiot for thinking so. Mm-hmm. I wanted to clarify the air on that one. That is not the case. That I think uh-huh. everybody just has their choice. My point was that. In the movie theater, I had that weird interaction, and I was just kind of like, ah, I need to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't anything. If you're out there and you like Ben Affleck's Batman or Batfleck, go to town. Mm-hmm. Great. I have no problem with that. I'm not trying to – certainly not trying to, like, gatekeep or look down on anybody for, like, liking a certain version of Batman. Yes. Um, Because this is all just – at the end of the day, this is all based on just personal opinions and preferences. Totally. Um, I will say, I think um, just while we're there, I think uh, Ben Affleck might be my favorite um, uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, he's my favorite. I love his. I love his. I think he looks the most like animated Bruce Wayne, which (laughs) is cool to me. Mm -hmm. And then I just think he uh, he has a good charisma for the Bruce Wayne side. Not my favorite Batman by far, but yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that line, right? It's the it perfectly encapsulates him. It's the best line he has is Bruce when Flash gets in and he goes, What's your superpower? And he goes, I'm rich. Yeah. 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 He's a great <laughs> <I'm> just like, <laughs> yep. He's a great Bruce Wayne for that point in in Bruce Wayne's career. Oh, you know what I mean? Such a great Bruce yeah, Wayne. He's great. Because I like that we also get a little bit of a taste of him adventuring outside of his Batman suit. Like he's doing Batman things outside of the Batman suit, you know? Yes. When we meet him adventuring the world, trying to find them. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I'm... I don't know why he's adventuring the world like that. He could just have an army of helicopter, helicopter drones take him wherever he wants to and have them built in a week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to um, pull up some trailers here that we have. I'm going to see if actually I can uh, share my screen. We can see these together. Okay, this trailer is for a film called Memory, 
Uh, and I'll read the summary here before we uh, take a look at this trailer. Uh, Memory follows Alex Lewis, played by Liam Neeson, an expert. First of all, Liam Neeson does not in any universe look like a man named Alex Lewis. Uh, no. <laughs> Grogan McDonough yeah, is what Liam Neeson exactly. looks like. Uh, Liam Neeson, an, ex- an expert assassin with a reputation. No. <laughs> Excuse me, Alex Lewis, an expert assassin with a. <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm going no on the assassin part. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. I cannot believe Liam Neeson as an assassin anymore, no. or like some sort of like. Made it's like, dude, you're. you're he's just getting old. too old. Like, go back to the drama you were doing in your twenties. Yeah, uh, an expert assassin with a reputation for discreet pos- precision. As opposed to his, yeah, I'm as sorry. opposed to those, as opposed to those assassins who try to be as noisy and loud as possible. Yeah, the super loud, <laughs> splashy assassins. I like to take out my targets with a bang. Um, I like to take them out with a tactical nuke. Yeah, I like to take my assassins out with, a, or I like to take my targets out with a bang and let everyone know it was me. Um, <laughs> an expert assassin with a reputation for discreet precision. A uh, precision, sorry. Caught in a moral quagmire, Alex refuses Ooh. to complete a job that violates his code and must quickly hunt down and kill the people who hired him before they and FBI agents Vincent Sarah, played by Guy Pierce, find him first. Alex, God, <laughs> Guy Pierce is in this too. What is his code? Right, I have a question. What, yes, what is please. his code that doesn't, that doesn't allow him to complete the mission, but does allow him to hunt down and kill people, including FBI people? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about that. Uh, it's almost like assassins <laughs> do things for money, and they don't have a moral code. Yeah. Mm. So I hate the idea. John Wick works because he's still an immoral like assassin that will kill anyone for money. Right. He's just killing people because they killed his dog. Yes. Like, and it's not, and, and, I mean? and it's not that he doesn't he has some moral code. He just is retired. No. He's retired. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He wants anymore. to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. It's like when a it's like at our last house when we were renting and like the solar people would come on a Saturday and interrupt my like Saturday morning movie and I'm like God, son of a <laughs> yeah uh, so Alex is built for re- Alex is built for revenge but with a memory that is beginning to falter he is forced to question his very a- his every action blurring the line between wh- right and wrong okay so Alzheimer's <laughs> assassin God, this movie is probably going to be very offensive to people with Alzheimer's and dealing with. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. Let's get. A, I'm so excited. Let's let's watch a little bit of this. A uh, little of this. Oh trailer. please. Um. Okay. Please, I can't wait. I like that there was a trailer for the trailer. Yep. It's weird how they do that now. Okay. He's oh, <laughs> just shot. Whoa. Just shot some guy on a treadmill in broad daylight. At the gym. That's not discreet. Nothing discreet about that. <laughs> He walked right up, no face covering. Walked right up in a parking lot in a hooded jacket in the rain, pointed a gun with a silencer the, a foot long at the guy at a giant bay window with 20 treadmills and pulled the trigger. Maybe his Alzheimer's, uh, he forgot how to kill discreetly. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a wonderful like movie, though? Yeah. About an assassin who can't kill anymore because yeah. he forgot how? Okay, well, he's having a crisis of conscience. Let's keep going. Guy Pierce is doing a Texas accent. I can't oh, wait. Man. So he can't remember his hotel number, but he still feels like he's able to kill people. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's a weird premise. I don't think I need to watch any more. I just this movie just looks bad. Yeah, let's watch a few more seconds. I want to see if there's any hints okay. at what the third act set piece is going to be. Yeah, I was going to say I need to see what the third act it twist is, but of course he's got to kill a okay. kid. That's where his code is. All right, it's bad. It's real bad. Yep. I think there. I don't think there is a third act twist. I think they just get into a big gunfight, and he's like, "Children, I gotta protect the children." Yeah. And they're like, "You're going insane." Looks like the there was a sequence that's on a yacht. Perhaps that is the the final sequence. Um, oh, there's gonna be a gunfight on that yacht. Oh, I, I like yacht gunfights. Oh, he's already done one in Taken. That's true. Oh man. And maybe Taken two or three. I don't know. I've never seen them. Yeah, <laughs> and nor should you. Um. Okay. Next, uh, to some better trailers, um, let's take a gander at the Ms. Marvel trailer. So the Marvel Studio Stinger is in a thought bubble, which is cool. Uh, that is Kamala cool. Khan uh, daydreams, which is great. Uh, look, and in it's, her comic book style. Mm-hmm, and it sounds like we're getting uh, a song by The Weeknd as the trailer song. So I think it's mm-hmm. that Blinding Light song. Let's keep going. I think it is, too. 
So so far, she uh, I I like this. I like the visual style. It's very um, it's like it's every shot is like a comic book panel, and it's yeah. showing the the speech bubbles. I don't know if that's gonna be through the entire show or if that's just for the trailer. But I I kind of like the vibe. It's very Scott yeah. Pilgrim. Um, oh yeah, very much so. She's in high school so far. She's dealing with high awkward school. teenage she, high yeah. schooler. She loves a, a guy who's very hot and has his shirt off for some reason. She hangs with a quirky group of friends. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So she uh, she is Muslim. They we show her in church. Uh, I like that they I like that they just went for it and they were yeah. like, yeah, that's what the that's, character that's is. I'm like, yeah, is. yeah, of course. That's yeah. She's why alter it? Yeah, she's obsessed with Captain Marvel. Like we see her looking at like a Captain Marvel like display of the costume, like at like a local some kind of comic book shop. She's got what looks to be like either a cheap Halloween costume, mm-hmm. like onesie or like something she made herself. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, I think that's, yeah. that's cool. Let's see. So far, it's all standard character origins to this character. Yeah. So, which I'm not super familiar with. Just yeah. FYI. Yeah, so, if you need the larger lore, I'm not your guy. I can fix that in a week. <laughs> but yeah, the only you know. uh, I'm only familiar with the character from what I played in the Avengers game. Um, Same. And there's a lot of her in the beginning. And I think mm-hmm. the 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 Ms. Marvel <clears throat> stuff in the beginning of that game is the strongest stuff in that game. <laughs> It's the best writing. For sure. Because the rest of the game doesn't really have writing. Yeah, it's just, hey, there's robots. Go fight those guys. <laughs> Which is great, except for when you... Yeah, never mind. We're not going to go into it. It was a terrible it, game. We don't need to go that fine. We don't need to go down that rabbit trail. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, but so far, that's pretty much it's like we were saying. That's all I know about this character. So, so far, it's kind of like, okay, it's tracking. I'm seeing mm-hmm. what, you know, what I know to be. Yes. But, you know... Again, if you're listening to this and I don't know and there's an, another iteration of the character that I'm not aware of, please get at me <laughs> at my Instagram later at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you listen for it because I want you to listen to the rest of the episode. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's see what else is going on here. Let's do it. Okay. So she seems to have come into possession of some kind of magic wristband that seems to be the, sort of either the origin of her powers or like the thing that contains her powers. Um, because she puts it on and it like lights up and she goes through like a, a like a different dimension kind of thing and her eyes light up. Well, yeah, and her eyes light up like um, Monica Rambo. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I wonder if this is a some kind of artifact from like the multiverse. Like maybe that's Doctor Strange is involved. Um, maybe it could be similar to the Ten Rings. From I was just say it could be Ten Rings. It could be Chitari. It could be um, Novacor. Mm-hmm. It could be literally anything from space at this point yeah and when she goes through the like she puts on the bracelet and goes through this to parallel dimension it looks as if she's in the same location but is seeing different like almost like a different like wavelength wavelength like yeah she's seeing like a different spectral kind of thing so maybe she sees like maybe it's like the the inner not the quantum realm but like she sees like the different cosmic energies you know what i mean right something like that okay so i'm gonna i'm leave it muted so we can talk um okay some kind of earthquake okay she's got power she's got some kind of energy power where she uses like an energy like ball to shut her bedroom door um let's see what else um there's an explosion at like a local oh that's cool so that's really cool so it looks like her powers for the most part is she's able to manipulate like dark like some kind of dark matter or like some kind of other cosmic yeah. energy that is like within the the multiverse but we can't see it but she has access right. to it because in this totally because sequence- she can make those steps in the air mm-hmm. now from what i remember from the avengers game she's stretchy right yes. she doesn't have this right this, these kinds this of is powers a, this yet. is a okay. new power from for for the show it seems i don't know if cool. she has this in cool. the comic books but I'll, I'll look into that yeah um i was gonna say cool Looked like there might have been some stretchy hand stuff at the end of that. Maybe not. Let's see. Oh, okay. There's some goons showing up. Got some druids. Oh yeah, there's some stretchy. Oh, hand there it stuff. is. Stretchy yeah. stuff. I think it looks cool. <laughs> the the stretchy power. I think it looks cool. Mm-hmm. The show looks great. Yeah, I th- like the all the effects look really good. They put a lot of money into this. Yeah. All right, Miss Marvel. Cool. Girl seems the the lead seems like she's super endearing. Yes. So I'm like, yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I think in in, in a Marvel Cinematic Universe where they are almost certainly are going to do Fantastic Four, I think you kind of have to make her powers slightly different than Fa- uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I think the way they visualized it, I think looks really good. 
Oh yeah, it's, it's less about it doesn't her. Look similar. Yeah, it's less about her manipulating her own body, and it's more about her manipulating the cosmic energy, which allows her to manipulate her body, which I think is kind of cool. Right, which is a great way to do it. Um, well, there you go. Um, have Looks you seen fine. this Obi Wan Kenobi trailer yet? The teaser. I have not. Oh, you have not. Oh, I haven't. This is the one that I saw at the top of the leader on the last trailer that I was like, I hope we watch that one next. Yes, let's watch this. I haven't seen this. All one right. Yet. So we'll yeah we'll watch this. Uh, I I have seen this. I, I am excited okay. for this. Um, uh, let's let's hit play. And so you are. Uh, we're gonna pause here for a second. And we've only seen the first nine seconds, which is like a shot of Tatooine with uh, some very Star Wars music uh, swelling. You, but I've already seen like eight uh, Easter that's eggs. What I was, so that's it's what I was going to say. You are much more the the resident Star Wars expert. So as you see stuff, uh, and that I you wouldn't notice, even classify. And here's the thing: you have to understand at this point, like there's a back when Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, and Disney mm-hmm. was like, everything that has come before this is no longer canon. That right. was all the stuff that I knew, all the books, gotcha. all the graphic novels, all the video games up until that point. So now I don't really know what's going on in the Star Wars universe other than Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Rogue One. You know, what, what's co- what, the stuff that's going to come out? Like, oh, I don't really yeah, know what's uh-huh. going on. So Gotcha. Because okay. they've kind of. They've kind of destroyed the whole lore and the backstory that I knew, mm-hmm. and they've retconned everything and like made it like you know the way that Disney wanted it to do, which ultimately is a little bit more cohesive than yeah. fifty different authors writing right. hundreds of different books. Right? You know, <laughs> it makes more sense. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of the problem is that I don't really know anymore. Right? Okay. Well, cool. You know? I mean, uh, I, I I even even I, even so, I think you you know more about Star Wars than I. Do. I'll put it this way. <laughs> If I see links or stuff to the classic trilogy, I got you. Yeah, sure. Let's, yeah, so if you see something cool, call it out. Um, I will. So yeah, so we're. I'll take us back a few seconds. We're opening on a desert, probably Tatooine. Let's let's continue. At this point, I'm convinced there aren't any other deserts in the universe other than Tatooine. We're getting some dialogue. Uncle Owen on Peru's house. Yeah, young Luke Skywalker. Yep. Uh, Obi Wan is watching him from afar, like like a creepy uncle. Yes. <laughs> so Grand Inquisitor is a character in this. Yep. See, a lot of the new characters and stuff come from like the show, The Clone Wars, and right. everything like that, and I didn't watch that gotcha. because I was a little too old when it came out, gotcha. and plus I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. That I just didn't. So a lot of it comes from that. And I'm like, I didn't. I haven't watched yeah. any of it, so I don't really know. So apparently, the the Inquisitors, from what I understand, the Inquisitors were a group of fo- or fallen Jedi who okay. go around <clears throat> during the Clone Wars, who went around and basically murdering Jedi. Like they're the team you send after Jedi, basically. Oh, cool. Um, so I like their characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're not Sith. They're not like. Sith, but they are like Jedi who are, who have turned their backs on being Jedi, essentially. So, hmm. They've been. Isn't that what being a Sith is? Well, Siths are trained in the dark arts. I don't think they're right. trained in the dark arts. They're trained as Jedi, and then we're like, I'm going to use the the, oh. the light arts for bad. <laughs> they're Jedi's. They're just a holes. Yeah, exactly. Got it. They're Jedi's that wear all black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Yes, and hang out on the weird section of the quad, yes. like back around where it's hidden, mm-hmm. and only listen to the Cure when they're like sixteen. Yes. And you're like, you're far too young to be this depressed. And I think they, the reason they came up, they came around during the Clone Wars, is because most of the Inquisitors, from what I've seen, are aliens. They're not human, so or mm. they're, they're not like they don't look like humans, and so they were right. able to pull that off effectively in Clone Wars because everything was animated. And now that they're able to do it effectively live action, they're bringing yeah. them into the fold. Which I think is great. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Totally. I thought it was awesome. They brought that gunslinger dude into the Book of Boba Fett, and I thought that was a great addition. Totally. Um, but um, but again, I don't know who these characters are. Right. That's kind of why I'm like, at this point, whatever they choose to serve me in television form, I'm like, yeah, that's that's just what it'll be from yeah. now on. And to me, this is a perfect series to do for TV because they can really take their time and explain who all these people are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, let's continue. So we got uh, what's his name? Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. I was gonna say Joel Kinnaman, but I'm like, that's not right. Uh, that's not Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> Joel Edgerton. He's not in the he's not in RoboCop, <laughs> the remake that we all should forget yeah. about. 
and we hear the Darth Vader breathing over the title card. So here's my question. Yes. If we're going to meet Darth Vader in this series, and Darth Vader and Obi-Wan have had interactions before, uh -huh. then doesn't that ruin the line that Darth Vader has in episode four where he goes, he's talking about a presence he hasn't felt in quite a long time? Well, if this was the long time that he's referring to... That's what I'm saying, but they keep alluding to Darth Vader, like them leading up to a fight, uh -huh. or like them having a rematch or whatever, and I'm like, that doesn't work because of this one line in episode four, and if you do this and they have to have a fight, then they're, you can't... Well, because this takes place before that fight. Right. Before the episode, before the Death Star fight in episode four, uh -huh. this TV show takes takes place before that. Yes. So in order for that line to work, in order for this show to fit into the uh -huh. episode three and four transitional phase that we're, you know, living in or whatever, and post-Jedi, yep. um, they can't meet. Right. And they might not. Um, I think... Uh, they, they probably, they, I hope they don't, yeah. <laughs> because that's a very significant right. line. Vader, Vader is definitely going to be in this show for for at, at least one time i don't think i don't know that they'll meet i don't think that they will i think vader will probably be the like um the sort of the luke skywalker the way luke skywalker kind of showed up in boba fett as like not really integral to the plot but kind of like a background the big bad force. behind the curtain exactly he's gonna be the yeah. wizard of oz in this um yeah. i think and, and that'll be cool because i think they don't necessarily need to meet in order for that that appearance to be meaningful. You know no. what I mean? Okay, cool. No. Have you seen the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 trailer? No, and I'm really glad it's only 32 seconds. Yes. Uh, it is a teaser. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll watch a little bit of this so you can get an idea of it. It looks good. I've seen this. It looks great. Um, I'm looking forward to it, it. It looks good? Yeah. Have you seen the first one? No. It looked terrible. Oh, no. The first Sonic is actually pretty good. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's not bad. No. It's not bad. All right, fine. I'll trust it's you. Surprising. And you'll get a text message. Once I get my new phone, you'll get a text after I watch it that'll either be like thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, no, it's 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 really not bad. I, I Don't get me wrong. I want to support Ben Schwartz. Yeah. I do. He's a great guy. But I also don't want to support bad movies unless they're Nicolas Cage movies. Yes, 100%. No, uh, from, me, from me to you, uh, it is not a terrible movie. I, I saw it in okay. theaters, and I don't feel like I wasted my money at all. Um, it was worth the oh. price of admission just to, for Jim Carrey's performance alone. Um well, okay then. Yep. I will put it on my uh, on my accelerated watch list then. Yeah, and this one seems like they've leaned all the way into like the the game, like the game of it, and I'm really good. Excited. You have to. So here's a little bit of this. So that wasn't the actual trailer. That was a no, don't spoil the movie thing. Um, but the the other tra the actual trailer is not much different. You saw some cool stuff there. So basically, in yeah. this movie, at the end of the first movie, um, Tails shows up. Um, mm -hmm. And on Earth, and is like, hey, I'm I'm here, blah blah blah. And these are aliens, right? Yeah, they're from a different dimension or planet or mm. something. Uh, they're from someplace else. Someplace else where there are animals and they run fast. Um, so tail. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to frequent her. She was Brazilian or Chinese or something weird. Something weird. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so basically, um, tail shows up at the end of that, and then in the sec in the trailer for the second one, Knuckles is the bad. Is the, mm -hmm. is the villain uh, that will probably you know they'll fight for a little while and then they'll become friends and then they'll they'll all three of them will go against um, and it'll be a comedic moment when they all team up mm -hmm. and beat up Jim Carrey and then we realize that it's three aliens beating a man senseless. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's uh, it. Looks good. Um, if you, you like the first one, you should you should watch it. If you okay, can, if you I'll check it out. All right, let's see what this one is. I have not seen this trailer. I'm gonna read the description before we play it because it may not be worth watching. Um, after, it's called Choose or Die. <laughs> after finding a lost 80s survival horror game, a young coder unleashes a hidden curse that tears her reality apart, forcing her to make terrifying decisions and face deadly consequences. <laughs> Let's see a few seconds of this and see if it's worth watching the whole thing. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I don't know if this is a comedy or not. I don't know. And my bet, my guess is that the they start out as innocuous choices, yes. and then as it goes on, it gets harder and harder and more like to the point where you might want to die. Yep. This you break more or clean up. Oh, so they're in some kind of they're probably in some kind of simulation. 
where these mm-hmm. people are like robots. What the? F- oh, oh. So no matter what you choose, something bad happens. Is my guess. Yeah. And you hurt people. Huh. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll shot. Watch that. Um, it looks weird enough. Yeah. I'll creep myself out, have an edible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. This is the trailer you said you watched today. I watched this just before we started recording. I have not seen this yet. This is Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick. It's a new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Ooh, I'm very bloody. excited about this. Let's see. Oh, so am I. <laughs> a bunch of very attractive Air Force people. <laughs> yeah. You know, not everybody in the military is hot, right? Everyone in this trailer is six three with a square jaw, <laughs> and they uh, and they have the uh, they're not even really in the military. They're just paid to work out and tan all day. Yeah. Now, do we know who this is? That who's this actor? You find out. Okay. And the twist happens in this trailer. But that is and it um, gets real that's good. That's Miles Teller, right? Yes, okay. it is. Gotcha. I almost didn't recognize his him character. With the mustache. Who his character is, when you find out, I was like, oh, shoot. That's the, like, the headbutting that I was waiting for to see for this movie. Okay, let's see. Lots of POV, lots of POV flying. Yep, there's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> That's what made the first movie so good, is they, mm-hmm. it was like one of the first times they strapped cameras onto a combat, like, mm-hmm. a combat uh, plane, and we were all like, what the heck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, John Hamm is in this. Uh, is... I am tripping. Is uh, what's his name still alive? Val Kilmer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For some reason, he's in, in my, this movie. In my head, he's dead, and I don't know why. Because he's been sick for the longest time, oh, okay. and he hasn't been in gotcha. anything. Okay. That's why. Gotcha. All right. So John Hamm is in this, and he's like the the kind of the, the he's he's the basically the commanding officer of sorts who doesn't want to put up with Tom Cruise's shit. I play by the rules. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can tell by my perfectly uh, combed haircut. Um, yeah, he he doesn't have time for Tom Cruise's shit. All right, God, he's got such a charming smile. Who does? Tom Cruise. Oh my God, he's one of the most charming people like, in the world. This shot alone is 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 what you pay Tom Cruise for. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite gifts ever is from the first Mav- first Top Gun movie, and as he puts his sunglasses on and gives that little like eyebrow raise, it's like you charming son of a bitch, yeah. Tom Cruise, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and the worst part is, you know it. Yeah. So Tom Cruise is being being brought in to teach a group of pilots something. Um, is the setup? See? And he like surprised them midair, like they didn't expect him, and he like showed up yeah. in his plane. <laughs> That's what I love about that shot, just right through the two planes. Yeah. Just, Good morning, aviator. It's like, oh, he's back. Yeah. Rule book out the window. <laughs> Watching him mess with these kid pilots is gonna be hilarious. Yep. Yes, but look at the terrain. It's snow and mountains, and think about where that kind of part of the world is. Oh, we got to get some beach volleyball. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I think that's what that shot was. Oh, what's her name? Is back. Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Did you catch uh, Miles Teller's character? No. Uh, fill me in. That's Goose's kid. Oh, okay. So Maverick's old wingman, his old navigator, who got killed when he ejected when they went to a flat spin uh-huh. and he got out. The tail, the tail, um, tail smacked him, killed him, uh-huh. broke his neck. They don't really go into like what exactly happened, but they killed him. And uh, that so that's Goose's kid. Okay. So I bet you he. So I bet you they're playing up the whole thing. He's grown up his entire life thinking that Maverick like let him die. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm into that. You can tell by his mustache he means business. Oh heck yeah, man. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, that looks great. I'm I'm excited about that. Um. Yeah, that looks really good. Uh, what more can you ask for, right? Um. All right. Well, let's dive into um. The movie we're here to talk about, we're here to talk about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home because we didn't get a chance to when we were uh, on hiatus here. Um, I am a huge Spider-Man fan, uh, as you will know if you listen to this podcast. Um, it, Spider-Man is my favorite comic book hero of all time. Uh, this was the third entry into the Tom Holland Spider-Man series. Um, I guess we can start. Derek, what, did, what, were you, what was your opinion of the movie? Did you enjoy it? Um, what were your expectations going in? Did the movie meet those expectations? Why don't you let us give, give us a rundown? Uh, movie met my expectations. Yep. 
I didn't have really anything complicated thinking to think about the movie. It was very much, um, you know, very much a uh, Marvel's been doing great. It's Spider-Man. He's having home troubles consistently. Um, and yeah, it was just more, it was honestly, it was just more of the same. And I don't mean that in a bad or negative or kind of like a, or, or in sort of a, um, a dismissive way. I just mean it as a, it was just more of the, the, the good, good that we've gotten from the Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. so far. You know what I mean? They've all been great. Haven't had a, like I've had, I've had like personal preference choices, but I haven't had a single like major gripe about, about them. You know right. what I mean? In the sense that it'd be like, there's something wrong with them. They're, they're all fine and they're all well executed and everybody does a great job and say more of this. It was fun to have the element of Dr. Strange in the mix and to see um, if you haven't seen it by now, or if you don't have internet and you missed all the spoilers, pr- pretty much go watch it and then come back and listen, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, it was nice to see the other two Spider-Mangs in the mix. Yep. I like that as well. I thought that was a great deal, even though I love that we all guessed it early on and they were like, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's not what's happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can just admit it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we caught you. You're good. <laughs> great idea, by the way. Right. We support it. Yeah. Just come clean. Um, no, I thought it was great. It was nice to see the old villains back from the early 2000s. Um, just the, the what, what I guess now, not to me because I was a little bit older at that time, but I guess what to most people would be classic Spider-Man era, which would be the Tobey Maguire. Um, yeah, it was nice. All around, well done. Um, the end was the best part. Uh-huh. The last, probably the last few minutes were my favorite, last two scenes were my favorite parts. Um because I knew it was going to be fun and I knew it was going to be great and, you know, everybody's going to do a good job. I did not expect them to kill Aunt May and then erase Peter from the timeline. Right. I thought that was really good. And that makes me excited to see where they're going to take the character forward because this was all just a fine trilogy that was pretty much part and parcel for what I expected for them to do, mm-hmm. you know? Nothing really surprising, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and again, I don't mean that as a dismissive or a bad thing. Totally. I just mean that... I trust them, um, but what they're doing with the character going forward where he is back and now he has to re-win MJ and they set Ned up to become Hobgoblin and all of the stuff that I would thought was really cool that um, they kind of set, they used this, they smartly made it a fun ride to go on, but then used the last little precious moments that they had to set up where they wanted to take the character in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that was I think it was smartly executed. Yeah, I agree. Um, we uh, I had predictions going in um, about what the the plot of the movie was, and I, I think I was like half right and half wrong. I think I was mm-hmm. half wrong in the sense where I I guessed that. Um, well, so what what did come to fruition was the main thrust of the movie was. There was a a rip in the multiverse where villains started to come through from different universes, and Peter's job was to go after them and send them back. Essentially, um, what I didn't, what I was wrong about was I thought that um, this wasn't the real Doctor Strange. I thought that this was going to be a thing where um, Doctor Strange, it would, it was some kind of different Doctor Strange. I thought Doctor Strange was messing with Peter when he was doing the whole like um spell thing but no that is what happened. Well, you thought it was going to be mephisto yeah i thought it was going to be some other yeah along with everybody else yes i thought it was going to be some I, kind I... of uh villain swap there god um, i was so happy it wasn't yeah <laughs> yeah i think that was uh, putting the car i really the did horse. not want that to i people were focusing too much on the magic part of things and i'm like we need to just let this is a spider-man movie mm-hmm. we're not going to introduce fucking mephisto excuse the for the language but we're not going to introduce mephisto mm-hmm for you know in a spider-man movie it's too incongruent for what spider-man does like right. you got to keep in mind that they're the thing that i was that i realized now is they're keeping him as the friendly neighborhood spider-man right. they're not going to involve him in magic or do him i mean they did in this movie but they're not going to do any more than that i don't think they you know yeah no they're definitely him. going away from that um with how they end this movie for sure mm-hmm. um yeah yeah like i i really enjoyed um uh, the the story of it, I think it was cool to um, 
see Spider-Man go up against these different villains. I thought it was, mm-hmm. it was, uh, yeah, the movie really met my expectations. Um, I think the ending, ending was uh, masterful in the sense of what they were trying to to do. I think this movie accomplished um, a lot of things, a lot of tricky things all at the same time. Like it had to wrap mm-hmm. up the initial trilogy with Tom Holland, but it also had to give us a compelling story on its own. Uh, it, it paid some homage to previous Spider-Man, and it also, um, I think, set up, it basically reset Spider-Man to be able to do classic Spider-Man stories in the way that we know Spider-Man without having to be beholden to the Avengers, Iron Man, mm-hmm. and, and all of that, in the larger universe. Um, I think where they leave us is really cool um, in the sense that now we can have all those classic Spider-Man storylines. Like, we can have the Spider-Man storylines where he's you you know your friendly neighborhood spider-man taking down local new york villains um Mm -hmm. getting to know uh getting to know mj do it we can do that we can do that love story proper where he's having to balance being spider-man she doesn't know who he is i kind of like that he doesn't have aunt may anymore because he's now you know officially on his own in you know in college uh, working Mm -hmm. do you know be basically where the spider-man animated series is like that's kind of where they leave us and i think that's really cool um i do too i um yeah i like it a lot although i had a point to make in it oh i would love to see him meet the versions of the lizard and doc doc ock and electro in this and rhino like you could still do that rhino like they set it up to yeah that's the thing they set it up to they took all these disparate like elements and they set it up perfectly to do that plus you know yeah it's also he uh eddie brock in in the in the deleted scene uh, or the the post-credit scene eddie brock leaves a piece of of the symbiote in Spider-Man's universe, so that that mm-hmm. symbiote could find uh, the Eddie Brock that's in this universe could be a different actor. They could go any yep. way with that that they want to, and they could reuse those uh, uh, Sony characters. You know what I'm saying? If they if they mm-hmm. wanted to do that, um, and yeah, I think I think I think um, Sony like Marvel laid a great roadmap for this character. Like the Marvel did the hard job of introducing us to a new Spider-Man after Spider-Man had just been done, you know, less than a decade before. Right. And I think Sony now has a good template uh, as if, you know, especially if they continue to, the partnership with Marvel to really make some great movies uh, with this Spider-Man being just Spider-Man. You know what I mean? And Your friendly neighborhood exactly. Spider-Man. Yeah. I was thinking about it too, and you know how Venom isn't part of that, isn't, isn't part of the Tom Holland universe? Right. And Morbius is supposed to, and the Venom are supposed to be in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And you know how there's a Spider-Man they keep alluding to the fact that a Spider-Man exists in that universe? Yeah. What if it's Tobey Maguire? Could be Tobey Maguire. It could be Tobey Maguire. It could also be Andrew Garfield. Could it be Andrew Garfield? It could be Miles Morales. Could be Miles Morales. Yeah, That's you true. You never know. It, uh, yeah, it could. I mean, it could be any Peter Parker. Like, it, you know, I would love to see a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie again. I mean, I'd also like to see another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie again. But watching Tobey, oh, they, Tobey Maguire already did Venom, so it would have to be Andrew Garfield or Miles Morales yep. at this point. Yep. Or a yet, a yet a unnamed, yet to be identified Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the the opportunities are endless. I know that um, Sony is doing a Madam Web series mm-hmm. um, that could uh, could potentially be be interesting. Um, I think uh, the, there being a Spider-Man multiverse is a very interesting thing because I could see, especially off of the success of sort of Andrew Garfield in this movie in particular, and people loving to see Tobey Maguire, I could see a a, a Spider Verse like live action movie, some kind of Spider Verse movie. Where mm-hmm. they cross over with like maybe it's all the Spider Man against like Adam Webb or something like that. Like I could see mm-hmm. something like that happening down the line that could be really interesting. Totally. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I think Willem Dafoe for me kind of still steals a show in this movie. <laughs> oh. Him and um Alfred Molina. Yeah, they're very everyone everyone they're shows the... up and, and is great in this. Oh, they do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. They're all great. But those two have just they have such a, a presence on screen. There's a weight to their characters and a weight to their acting that you're just like, oh, everyone back up. The pros have arrived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and especially with Alfred Molina and and um and uh Willem Dafoe, like there's such a 
a continuity with their performances from the last movies. It feels like they picked up right where they left off. And that's credit to them as actors because it it feels like you believe them when they recognize their Spider-Man and like, you know what I mean? It feels like they're the same characters, you know? Totally. It's very viable, which I like. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, I think that's key too. And you, you put, you, you nailed it when you said that it feels like no time has passed because for them, no time has. Right. So you need that to, yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah. I, I think everything about this, I liked, I liked all the action sequences. I loved, um, I loved the final action sequence when they all team up and they like that sequence where they run and they all three of the Spider-Man jump off of that. Like, yeah, it was just like, come on, man. Like what more do you want? Yeah, I was just like, now this is exactly why we come to the movies. That's like this right what here. I wanted to see. <laughs> That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, man, is everything I could have asked for. Um, I think that scene in particular was like it really like illuminated for me in the theater. I was like, man, we can really do anything. Anything. Now. It's it's crazy. Anything we want. Yes. We were able to make Dune, and it won Oscars. <laughs> yeah. We can do anything we want yeah, now. We can, everything is open. Like, if you can have three different Spider-Men on screen fighting, you know, the Sinister Six or a version From of... From three different eras yes. of 2000s of <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. We, we can do anything. And that, that made me really hopeful for what we're going to get down the line. Because um, mm-hmm. I'm just imagining where we're going to be five years from now when we're talking about what, you know... Whatever the next uh, big Marvel tentpole when film the phrase is. comes out of our mouth, yeah. But if you remember, in Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> yeah. there was these three things that we couldn't, you know. Yeah, when we when we are, when like five or six years from now, when we're watching, you know, you know, uh, Secret Wars the movie or something like that, like some culmination, yeah. whatever the next big Marvel culmination movie is, we're just gonna be like, man, remember when we were talking about Spider Man No Way Home and they first introduced the multiverse? <laughs> yeah. What a wild time. Yeah. When we when we're watching the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer and the X-Men fight Galactus. Yeah, fight Galactus. Like we're gonna it's gonna be at that point, it's just I I can die happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. Like <laughs> I got to see my favorite superhero mm-hmm. go on screen and be the most one of the most beloved like superheroes of all time. Like Iron Man. I'm like, cool, I'm done. Like it's why it's like I felt this and you know, and I laugh about it now, but it's like I felt this profound not emptiness, but just like I don't know if it's satisfaction or whatever, but it just felt like the book has been closed on the chapter of Marvel that I, you know, that I could have overt feelings for right. and about. You know what I mean? And now it feels like because I don't have it's like a superhero because Captain America's gone too. Yeah, it's like we. It's like I think. I think if I can help um, illustrate what you're trying to say for me, every like, I'm at the point with Marvel stuff where now I have zero expectations going forward because everything that yeah. I've had ex- expectations and, and hopes for has come to fruition on screen already. Mm-hmm. So moving forward now, it's just like, oh, I like I'm full. I've had dinner, and it's like people keep bringing me slices of cake. You know what yes. I mean? It's like, oh yeah, I'll exactly. take that. Yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. Ooh, yes. I, I'm more of a savory guy, so I'll do slices of cheese, the French style. <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying. You can be on the other side of the table with your cake yeah. tray, and I'll have my cheese tray, yeah. and we'll just be like, mm. we'll just and wave look at each other like, every this few minutes. Camembert. Yeah. You'll be like, is this triple Dutch chocolate? Yeah. You say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm totally like, I'm so on board for whatever the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. brings us. Like. I think that's what it is. I think we're at a point with superhero stuff in general across Marvel and DC and Sony and all of that. We're like, I feel like we kind of the movie industry as a whole kind of has a a a pretty good understanding of what fans expect from superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the the level of superhero movies we're gonna get. I mean, obviously, there are going to be some duds. Like, we're going to have to watch Morbius here soon. But, <laughs> but like... Thursday. Yeah, exactly. For the most part, though, I think we're going to continue to get really cool and interesting stuff. Like, the Marvel stuff, we're going to continue to get... You know, I think Marvel will kind of be like... Marvel will will forever be like I, like the top tier. Like so Marvel's like Disney in a way where, like, you know, if you go to Disneyland, you're going to have... A good time because there's a certain level of fun, excellence, excellence um, uh, familiarity, like all mm-hmm. of that is going to be there, like for you to have. It's they know their brand yes. so well. Yes, but then you, whenever you want to step outside and like, oh, I'm feeling kind of spicy today, 
then there's going to be some cool new DC thing for you to go watch. You know what I mean? There's going to be or, some... Uh-huh. Invincible. Or Invincible. Exactly. Or The Boys. Or The Boys. Exactly. We are just in a great time for these movies, and I like. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I am. I am in in just in awe. Yeah. Every day I wake up, and they're like, "Yeah, we greenlit this thing from your childhood that you thought was that was esoteric when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. We're now making it into a movie." I'm like, "What?" You know what I think it's time for? Like in the in the movie industry, and now that we have streaming What's services, that? you can do them as TV shows and stuff too. So I would love. For them to continue, obviously they're going to do this. Like I'm not telling Hollywood anything new, but like I really want to start seeing some of like the TV shows and stuff like that that we watched when we were kids get rebooted. Um, like I know they're planning to do Street Sharks, but like stuff like that. Now that we have this, Biker Mice from Mars. Yes. Now that we exactly, <laughs> like you could do live action uh, or pseudo live action versions of like a lot of that stuff that we grew up watching. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to see a new X-Men series. Like, that would be great. Like, a, I would love for them to reboot Ninja Turtles, but do it as a series. I oh, think that would be great. Wouldn't that be the best? Because I don't think Ninja Turtles need movies. I really don't. I think it's, nah. it's it's fun just checking in with them on a weekly basis, seeing what they're up to. and see- What weekly hijinks exactly. they're going on. Because yeah. I don't want to see... Because for a movie, especially in today's superhero climate... Movies kind of have to, the stakes have to be the world or nothing. And the mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles just aren't that. Like, they're they're not. They're like ground level, literally sewer level uh, I love heroes. That they like tried to make the Ninja Turtles be like, we got to get to that. I didn't really pay attention to the movie, but like, we got to get to that, that mountain base and get those nukes shut down. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I'm like, what, what is and this? And they turned Shredder into a Transformer. It was very weird. It was very strange. Yeah, with like mag- magnetic knife blades, sword blades that he could like shoot out and recall. I was like, I don't know what this is, but this is not... Not very, teenage very Ninja Turtles. very weird. I would love to see a a rebooted um, Ninja Turtle series. Um, you can do it like like yeah like a like a like a peacemaker length series. You can do like ten episodes a season, and oh. and you just do a Ninja Turtle story. You know what I mean? Like they're they're fighting gangs in New York. The bad guy, go for it. Krang. Yeah, that'd be great. You make Krang the bad guy for that one mm-hmm. because it's a living brain with a mouth and eyeballs mm-hmm. that lives inside of a robot stomach. And inside of a like a terror dome uh-huh. underneath the ground, like that is wacky enough to perfectly do like a peacemaker level like TV show with the with the turtles. That would be hilarious, totally. and people would love to see it because the violence just opposed against these childhood heroes that we've had that like when you actually see the damage of what nunchucks do to somebody, yeah. and it's like whoa, cowabunga! You're like this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, I like all that stuff. Like I would love to see um, get brought back. Um, Mm-hmm. And just do well. I would love to see, like, oh, man, I would love to see a G.I. Joe Doug, series. the later years, where he's just depressed. Just a depressed 30-year-old. <laughs> he's got three kids, yeah. this depressed, like, mid-30s yeah. guy. He's bald. Yeah. He was bald before. You find out he actually was bald in, like, back in, like, middle school. Yeah. He's always just been that. He's a um a used car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> but not at, like, Carvana, like an independent lot. Yeah. That'd be so funny. Just be like, wow, Doug's life turned out real bad. (laughs) Exactly. Skeeter's kind of on drugs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You find out he was taking speed. Yep. He's like, I don't know if you noticed. I was on drugs the entire time I was in school. How did you guys not know? We were kids. I was into Quail Man. I wore underwear on the outside of my shorts. I can't get with the meth problem. Yeah, dude, there's so many, like, shows like that from our childhood that I think, like, could come back and be really, really, really interesting now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Blade could be a cool series. I, I know they're do- planning on doing something with Blade. I don't know if they're planning on doing a movie or if it's going to be a series, but I think a series could be really cool. Um, I think they're probably doing a movie. Probably, yeah. Because now that they said that the Avengers, will, the Avengers aren't going to assemble again, right. I keep <laughs> using my hand. Stop it. I talk with my hands. It's not my fault. <laughs> um, God, it's getting so stiff. Uh, <laughs> um, this, that's what she said. Uh, sorry, everybody. I had to. Um, Thank you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself yeah. out now. Uh, no, I forgot. I'm oh, sorry. I forgot what I was saying. 
Um, we, you're talking about um the a movie versus uh a Blade movie versus a series. Yes, I think they're probably gonna do a movie with Blade because it'd be a lot easier and cheaper to well maybe not cheaper it might be cheaper to do a movie than a TV show for Blade but whatever they're gonna do they're do they're gonna. I think they're going to do a movie, so they intro Blade, so you know, so they do a quick intro, so then they can introduce him and have him move into like the Midnight Suns. Yeah, I think that because that I, sounds good. It's becoming very clear that they could make that happen, and it's becoming very clear that they're thinking about doing it. Yeah, because you've got Ghost Rider coming back in the mix. You've got obviously Doctor Strange. You've got Wanda Maximoff. You've got you know Blade. Um, you know Punisher. Is back under the yeah. Also, Daredevil, uh, Charlie Cox is uh, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio have been said that they're going to be part of the the larger MCU, which I'm like, that's great. No, no need to do that with Iron Fist or you know Jessica Jones, but maybe we could get some Luke Cage up in the mix. Would be yeah, cool. That'd be that'd be great. Um, yeah, dude, I'm all for because they're already setting themselves up to do a different version of the Defenders with Moon Knight, Daredevil, Spider Man, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Which could be cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, Again, at this point, you and I are just having dessert. So yes, exactly. Keep keep the the cheese and cake keep coming. The, just keep it coming, yeah. man. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's good. I think we touched on some good stuff today. Um, Derek, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at uh, Derek D E R E K underscore Nickel N I C K E L on Twitter. You can find me at Cinephile eighty four. That's capital C I N E P H I L E eight four on Instagram. Sick. Uh, you can find me at Asan the DJ. That's at A H S O H in the DJ on social media. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at weeklyregular.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Derek, uh, thanks again for being on the show. As always. always my pleasure, man. All right, we'll see y'all next week. 